you, I, okay, so I had this dream about Venom. Oh. Um, yeah, it's not going to be like that, though. I had this dream that the this line of toys came out, and it was like uh, Venoms, but they were all different colors, like Care Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was like angry venom is red and then like like classic venom is black and then like space venom was green and blah blah <laughs> and so it was like all these different but it was all the same toy it was just mass manufactured painted differently mm-hmm. and i woke up and the only thing i could think was like it what color venom are you buzzfeed quiz <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Kat, I have to ask if you were a if you were a Venom of any color, what color would it be, and what would you stand for? Oh wow, I'm thinking like a light purple Venom who <laughs> just wants to go to bed, like <laughs> sleepy time Venom. He's got like a little nightcap and, and bunny slippers, but like the bunny slippers are also Venom. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it so much. Oh my god, that's so good. I was gonna, I was gonna say like if it's not pink or purple like your spider sona, I was gonna be blown away. <laughs> but I think that I, well, we could have double trouble now with just your spider sona and sleepy time venom. <laughs> Perfect. Which is so, I think that should be what they call theraflu now. <laughs> Sle- sleepy time venom. <laughs> I think I would be blue venom because he's like Captain Planet, but he's really into like in- environmental conservation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or otherwise, Red Venom, because he's angry. Those are my only two emotions. <laughs> are um, save the turtles and fuck you. <laughs> I mean, that's also that could also be one, just one mood. Save the turtles, fuck you. Yeah, that's, um, what do you get? That's, um, like, dark purple Venom. <laughs> and then he gets tired and he, like, fades, like a, like yeah. a mood ring. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, my God. What if you, like, pressed on Venom, like, a mood ring and your handprint, like, changed colors and he was like, today you are... <laughs> feeling lonely <laughs> like we have to start this podcast <laughs> we're getting real deep into the, the yeah we're getting here. in it Alright, what's up everybody? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we are here to ask the question, was Venom there? Got you. You thought I was going to say was Spider-Man there. But in this episode, I don't know if Spider-Man's going to be there. He might be, and he might not. But we had a very special request to do this episode, and I personally was very hyped to do it. Kat, will you read this email that roasts me mercilessly? (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely will. One second. So, we got an email today that says, Hey guys! I've been loving the podcast so far. By the way, thank you. As someone who knows a little about Spidey, it's so much fun to try and predict what elements Kat is going to bring up based on Zeke's pitch, but still end up being surprised by most of them. Given that Zeke has now outed himself as a monster fucker on two (laughs) separate occasions, I would love to hear his pitch on our favorite Spidey villain, question mark, suit, antihero, Venom. No judgment, Zeke. It's a lot of scary teeth. But that tongue, though. Much love from Ark. <laughs> thank you. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Tell all your friends. They can all get the Zeke Venom fucker experience. But <laughs> also, 
your honesty is unmatched. It is true. Um, <laughs> and, and since this episode is published, I know that there's going to be like two more episodes where I talk about being a monster fucker. It is a lot of scary teeth. I feel like the appeal of the monster is just how big it is and how much damage it could do to you. And it is instead choosing to rearrange your guts, which I mean, I guess is still damage, but of the best kind. So, <laughs> so in case you were wondering what the draw is, that may be it. I don't know, though. You'd have to ask more seasoned uh, monster fuckers than myself. But that is not what the pitch is about. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to subject Cat uh, to that. So uh, this show goes in two parts. Same as all the other with Spider-Man there. Um, the first part we call Elevator Pitch, which is where I bring Cat concept or a pitch for a comic that I really, really hope exists. And then Cat has ample time to do some research and look it up and find out if Venom was there. She also has a second half of the podcast, but um, right now she's still Cat um, and the suit will take over and she'll be light purple in that part. But I gotta wait because <laughs> Sleepy Time Venom's kind of shy. <laughs> so we'll get there when we get there. Don't rush. Don't rush them. Kat, are you ready to hear my pitch? I'm so ready. Okay, here we go. So this is a Venom comic that I, I don't title all of them, but sometimes I get really in it and I get really excited. So this one I'm, I want to call Time After Time, like the classic 80s hit. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like Quiet in New York and Eddie is kind of at a standstill with like his life and his work and everything's kind of boring and he's managed to really get like the symbiote under control. I want to make a disclaimer right now and say that I saw the Venom movie once and I was so high. So I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember any of it except for the part where he talks about someone rolling down the street, like a turd in the wind. So I don't remember what Eddie Brock does for a living. That's, just... that's burned in everybody's mind forever. Regardless yeah, forever. of whether or not you saw that movie. Yeah. So that's the only thing I remember. Anyway, Eddie Brock, kind of at a standstill with his life and times. And so he decides to do something that he hasn't really done before, which is just talk to Venom, talk to the symbiote. And so, you know, it's kind of awkward because he's like, uh, are you in there? Like, like, let's have a chat. And so I like to imagine that there's like a little Venom head that maybe like grows out of his arm or something that's like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's That's like, a great Venom voice also. <laughs> You can email us. I'll do a Venom OnlyFans for you guys. <laughs> no, I won't. But I like to imagine that this little head comes out of Eddie's arm and he's like, what do you want? And so Eddie's like, where did you come from? Like, how old are you? Like, what's the whole what's the whole deal here? And like, maybe they've had this conversation before. So Venom's like, I already told you. And Eddie's like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, the symbiote. Because if you have hosts, like you've, you've had to have had more than one to exist this long. And Venom's like, sure, what the hell, I'll tell you. And so we get a comic that is sort of like the history of the symbiote from its inception, from when it was created or hatched or born or whatever, throughout history and all of the various hosts that it's had. And I think that it, it would be really interesting because I love historical and fantasy takes on comics, like the Spider-Man one that we had discussed, where it takes place in Japan, like feudal Japan. Just things like that, things that take place in an alternate time that's not the future, but rather like the past. And so I really enjoyed this idea of Venom being present in 
like ancient Rome and like during like the Regency era <laughs> and like uh you know like the Industrial Revolution and stuff and like maybe he protected some people and maybe he didn't protect other people and you know did harm but I feel like it's kind of I don't think that it's meant to be um like a very serious comic at all uh it's definitely mostly played for gags but I also really wanted to get across this idea that like Eddie learns from the symbiote or he learns from Venom that Venom is very old and has experienced a lot in his life. And so Venom is like, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm just trying to make it and I'm kind of stuck wherever I get stuck. And Eddie's like, Oh, well I'll try to make it a good, I'll try to make this one a good run for you. (laughs) And that's, and that's like how it ends um, with a little heart over the frame because they are, yeah, I'm not accepting any other truth. But so that's my that's my pitch for time after time Venom comic uh spin-off including such scenes as a chariot race and a coach a run down high speed chase in like Victorian England and what was the other one I really wanted Oh I wanted Captain America punching Hitler but then like one of the American soldiers is like venom in the background of the shot he's just he's just there a venom like full form but he's like got a little helmet on like a world war one helmet that's it that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) so cat now that you've heard my pitch i will ask was venom there over and over again i thought this this idea for a story was really cute Ironically, the thing that it reminded me of right off the bat was actually uh, Puella Magi Magica Magica. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was just thinking about spoilers. Uh, The end of the series, when they're doing the real quick flashby and they're learning that like magical girls are not like a new concept that's only happening in Japan, that like throughout history, influential women young women have been magical girls. Like Joan of Arc was a magical girl and like Anne Frank was a magical girl. Yeah. And there's this like really quick montage. And that was like the first thing that came to mind. And so like I had this very amusing mental image of like Venom as like magical girl Venom. (laughs) Like Mako Shoujo Venom. He is. (laughs) Um, I mean, he has a transformation sequence. He fights the bad guys. That's true. That's true. I mean, he's got all the requirements. I guess you could, you could, uh, reason that like venom is like the heart locket soul gem that magical girls use to transform yeah between him and rose guardian spider-man we've got an anime i think so yeah i think Uh, we could do it toei animation hit us up well yeah listen we can make this work your time is now you thought it was over with with supayidaman but no we're bringing it back toei (laughs) anyway go on (laughs) so as far as the venom symbiote that we know the one that is attached to Spider-Man originally and then is later attached to Eddie Brock. Mm -hmm. We do know pretty conclusively that Spider-Man is the first human that that particular blob of goo made contact with. Okay. That Spider-Man met him in space and didn't even realize it was a symbiote at the time. He was like, wow. And he was hanging out with the Fantastic Four. So he was like, huh, weird black Spider-Man suit that gives me power ups. I am not going to question it. And it wasn't until like later on that he was like, oh, it's a it's a what? I'm excuse me. It's 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 what now it's doing what to me? It's trying. Oh, I don't want that. And then eventually rejected the symbiote, which then freed it up to go and bond with Eddie Brock and then some other hosts in rotation down the line. Mm. So 
the existence of the symbiote is not of this particular symbiote is not necessarily one that's like, oh, it goes back to the Roman ages or anything like that. But at the same time, we also know that this symbiote is one of many that come from a whole world of symbiotes that spread themselves across the galaxy, basically. Okay. And they come like their homeworld is called, called Clintar and... In the Venom movie that you barely remember, (laughs) the symbiote that bonds with Eddie does make a point of stating that, like, as symbiotes go, he's pretty low on the totem pole and he, like, self, he identifies himself as a loser, which is why he's drawn to Eddie. Oh, (laughs) because he's like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, He's like, I'm a loser, like you. (laughs) Did you go back and watch Venom for this episode? I did not. Okay. <laughs> but it is also, it is a movie I saw once in theaters because there was nothing better to do. And and yet I feel like I have crystal clear memories of it, even though it was not a particularly good movie. Like It's because it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Like it was me and Andrew and then two other guys in the theater. And like those two guys were having the best time of their lives. <laughs> like they were losing their shit. Like laughing at every dumbass joke like they were just i was like i'm glad that they're having fun like <laughs> like that joke was kind of corny but these guys think it is the best so they are the target audience those yeah two men exactly specifically so i can't say that like who was that movie for it was for those guys yeah <laughs> so we kind of know that like that venom symbiote his history is is not super long he's kind of a young symbiote in the grand scheme of the universe. But I was able to find something that I think you will find very interesting that is probably as close to your storyline as we can get, considering that we have that established history for the Venom symbiote. And this comes to us from the 2018 Venom series from, I'm just going to say, friends of the show, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Um, yeah, our, our good pals. Our good pals. I say that because Donnie Cates also lives in Austin and like does a lot of signings at local comic book stores and stuff like that. And so like, I just, I feel like I'm part of the same community. <laughs> we bring Donnie Cates a CD of the podcast. There you go. And just be like, oh no, I don't want to say this is just for you. This is, this is our gift to you because we <laughs> actually are the two funniest motherfuckers you'll ever meet. <laughs> And we have some great ideas. Well, I can't. We definitely don't have great comic ideas on this disc. No, absolutely not. This is for comedic entertainment purposes only. And whatever inspiration you may gain is our gift to you. Right. But he has written quite a bit of Venom. And Ryan Stegman is a phenomenal artist that I have not paid enough attention to over the years. And is also, I should say, responsible for the tweet about what happens when Eddie Brock gets an erection. Oh, oh my God, that guy. That guy. So he's an authority. So I would I would say that whatever he decides about that is canon. Uh, anyway, so back to the comic. <laughs> this starts right off at the beginning of the new series. And as it starts off, we see Eddie Brock and kind of like you've described, he's not at the best point in his life he's a little bit you know his life is a little bit rocky he's kind of you know down on his luck sort of and it's not really clear where he's staying but it's not like oh this is your nice apartment that you're staying in and you see him like popping pills to kind of subdue the symbiote because he is making comments about how it's acting up and it's being weird and it's maybe even being a little bit disobedient and that's okay yeah, so he can't really, like, count on it 
And it is funny because you talked about like the little head popping out, which is definitely a a visual thing that they do in this comic a lot is that uh-huh. like this little kind of like it looks kind of like a little ghost head or something will like yeah. pop out and, uh-huh. and it's very expressive and it'll just be like oh you know i'm talking to you and so there's a little bit of back and forth between like eddie and like talking to the symbiote and the symbiote's like no like you know don't take these pills like i'll be good and he's like i can't trust you though so we got to do it this way there's even times where like he's like oh, okay i gotta suit up because like there's a car crash over there and i gotta help people but then the symbiote gets really weird and instead of just being like black and white like normal like its face gets weird and it starts speaking in a language he doesn't understand and it gets super out of control but in the middle of all this he ends up meeting a guy who like recognizes him and recognizes the symbiote and pulls him aside and he's like hey my name is rex strickland and we have a lot to talk about and rex explains that for the longest time everybody thought that the symbiote the venom symbiote was the first one that made contact with humans. But he knows that that's not true because some quantity of symbiote matter or whatever fell to Earth Mm -hmm. many decades ago. And he was in the military and his platoon volunteered with S.H.I.E.L.D. to be bonded to these little samples of symbiote tissue as like a, you know, special ops unit or whatever. And since then... Everybody that everybody else that was in that unit has been imprisoned and he's the only one running around. And so he's like, I want you to help me free those guys. And he and Eddie Brock is like, all right, I guess like I don't they don't deserve to be in prison just for that. And as they're trying to, to do this, they like they find the armored van that's like transporting them and they bust it open. And it turns out that all those guys are dead. And oh. the sim- <laughs> and the symbiotes that they bonded with have completely taken them over. OK. And. And they're all also weird and like speaking in these weird, this weird language that's like squiggly. Oh, Russian. <laughs> More squiggly. Uh, <laughs> so as that's happening, they're like, okay, that's bad news. And then up in the sky, they're like, is that a fucking dragon? What? <laughs> <laughs> and so this like big alien symbiote dragon starts coming for them. Excuse me? And they're just like, okay, uh, this is a lot to deal with. And it looks like these men, these dead men who have been overrun with symbiotes are responding to the dragon. And and a lot is going on here. And Eddie doesn't really know what to do. But right at that moment, Miles Morales Spider-Man shows up. And Miles Morales has beef with Eddie Brock because of shit eddie brock did to his parents but i think it isn't this eddie brock but anyways so at first they're fighting but then he's like uh okay whatever it is that i or a version of me has done to you spider child we we can absolutely talk about that later but like i know you're spider-man a spider-man so uh i also know that like this shit that's happening right now is like a higher priority like we need to take care of this dragon situation and then we can talk and you can punch me in the face or whatever and so miles is like all right well i've got this venom sting and and eddie's like great and like chucks him into the mouth of the dragon (laughs) ah so that he can just like fully unleash it which stings a little bit and so the dragon like opens up and then this gaunt creepy vampire-y looking kind of guy comes out and and he like rips the symbiote out of eddie what like by force and so he's like all right settle in boys and girls we're gonna have story time 
Okay. And so, and so he kind of, so like Eddie's like writhing on the ground. Like I think Miles is, is half unconscious, has been knocked unconscious or something. Uh-huh. And Eddie's kind of like writhing on the ground as this guy's like holding his skull and he's like, all right, once upon a time. And Eddie's like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing now. And so this guy explains that his name is Null, K N U L L. Oh, and he is the god of the abyss. He's like an ancient elder god. There's always an ancient god. It's always some <laughs> motherfucker crawled out of hell who wants to bother <laughs> Spider-Man. Why? What's the, what's the point? Go bother somebody else. Uh, do the X-Men ever tussle with the devil? Like, I don't... What is yes. going on? Like, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go on. So, Null... So, Null, the god of the abyss, is like, alright, sit down, we're gonna have a little story time. And so he explains that eons and eons ago he ruled over the universe and that was dark and inky black and and it was his kingdom and then one day which i guess maybe we would consider this like the big bang or something beings of light burst through you know came into this dark universe and were like well this certainly needs filling up with stuff and as ruler of the abyss was he was very offended by this like my kingdom is not dead nor is it empty it's it's the way it's supposed to be like i'm the king of the abyss like what part of that don't you get which caused quite the epic cosmic war so he uh tried to battle with these celestials as much as he could but found himself wanting and he ended up having to create a weapon in order to combat them and he explains that what we think of as the symbiotes are a result of his early weapon creation. Oh, okay. So there's this imagery where he's like, oh, okay, so I in the body of a fallen celestial, I used it as my forge and I created a sword. Okay, so he created a, the Necro Sword slash God Slayer. And so whoa, he whoa, talks- whoa, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Both of those are its real canon names? Yes. <sighs> okay, so he makes a sword called the God Slayer. Does he slay any gods? Yes, plenty. Oh, shit! Okay, uh, go on. I mean, all of these celestials that he's fighting are essentially gods. Okay, 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 okay. I'm with yeah. you. And so he explains that because he was forging this weapon with fire and, like, the sound of the forge and, like, the hammer and the anvil, like, is why the symbiotes these days, like, when they are exposed to heat and sound, like that's why they respond because like, ah, it reminds us of our vulnerability in that stage when we were being created, which I was like, all right, that's, that's a little mythos. All right. Dropping that little, that little beam for us. That's fine. So he uses the sword to great effect. He manages to kill plenty of these celestials, but finally he eventually falls and they just chuck him on this empty planet. And they're like, Nen, stay there. (laughs) And he's stuck there for like a century or more. And then he realizes that he can use his sword, not just as a sword, but he can, like, take the matter that it's made of and attach it to the, like, creeping and crawling creatures that are on the planet. Okay. And when he does that, he can see through their eyes and hear through their ears. And he realizes that through this, he can create, he be- he becomes, like, a hive mind for them. And he can create this, like, army that he's seeing and, and can send out mm-hmm. while he's stuck on this planet. Uh, so he explains that, like, through this, he becomes, like, the, quote, god host, and he can send his minions wherever he wants, and he sends them all across the galaxy to conquer the beings of light, which he basically just describes as any living creature, honestly. And this includes Earth, 
like he, you know, he's he's spreading out his conquest and eventually he comes to Earth. And the illustrations on this page are sort of middle agey or a little bit before that, maybe. The characters on the page are making a lot of references to like Beowulf and Grendel and the events of that myth. And so the the creatures, his minions are attacking or whatever, and they're like, where's Beowulf? And there's this voice coming from the darkness that's like, I don't know who Beowulf is, but maybe I'll suffice. And it's fucking Thor. Oh my god. <laughs> and so Thor just like blasts his minions so hard. He, he kicks their ass so hard with lightning that it like reverberates all the way back. <laughs> to him on his planet and it severs the connection between him and all his little minion particles that are oh out in the god. universe oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> i know right this is like a whole it's a this whole is thing. easily the wildest one you've ever told me about <laughs> we're not even done yet oh my god so once they're severed, you know, like all these little bits of symbiote or whatever that are that are out in the galaxy, they're severed. They're like, oh, crap. Like, we don't have the hive mind telling us what to do anymore. We have to, like, think independently. And so they start scrambling for other hosts to bond to. But as they do that, he refers to it as, like, they're being corrupted uh, as they bond to these other life forms. He's like, oh, you know, they, they were corrupted by the life forms, light and nobility and quest for life and basically, like... As the little symbiotes and all the little bonded pairs out there like being alive, they basically form a mutiny. And he's like, what you know as Clintar, as like the home world, it's not a planet. It's all the symbiotes who have come together. And Clintar in their language means cage. It is this like cage that they have built around me to contain me so that nobody knows I exist and nobody knows their true origin. Oh my god. <laughs> And Yo, so he, <laughs> that's so good though. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Listen. So, huh? This is listen, I'm just gonna I have to speak from my heart. When you were like, and then in their language, Clintar means cage. I had to I had to move away for a second. <laughs> Holy shit. That's so good. Like I I don't wanna be I don't wanna hype this up so much and be like, oh, this is the best comic ever. But like I love ooh, I love a twist like that. That's so good. And Mm, okay, I'm sorry, go on. No, you're good, you're good. Uh, he basically explains that, like, as he awoke and, like, was resurrected, that sort of, like, set a spark out. And so all of his little progeny across the galaxy sort of responded to that. Uh -huh. And that's part of the reason why Eddie Brock's Venom symbiote has been acting up, because, like, something's in the wind. You know, right, kind of. yeah. Like like I said, he's ripped the, the symbiote out of Eddie at this point, and he's kind of, like, toying with it. But... Miles, like, gets back up off the ground, like, gives him a real good punch, manages to help them scramble away, and the symbiote, like, rejoins Eddie and has kind of gotten a little bit of a power-up just from having been in contact. It's like, I can do so much more now. Let's see how long that lasts. And then they realize that in order to fully resurrect, Null needs to join with the Grendel that has been referenced in these, like, Beowulf references that have been sprinkled throughout, and... The Grendel is made up of these, like, fragments, and those fragments are the pieces that Rex Strickland and his platoon were bonded with. And so, as of this point, he's already collected, like, the three or four that were from the Dead Men, and so he's just after that last segment from Rex. And so the rest of this particularly crazy arc has to do with Eddie trying to keep that last fragment out of his hands so that he can't fully come to power and stuff like that so 
It's very exciting. It's really crazy. <laughs> I will say like the art was just extremely compelling because this is a lot of really crazy stuff to illustrate. You know, I always feel deep appreciation for comic book artists, especially when they're like, oh yeah, being a comic book artist is like when the writer says, and then there's a spaceship battle for eight pages. And then you just have to draw that mm -hmm. and make it look good. Not that I think that Mr. Cates would ever leave Mr. Stegman in the dust like that, but sure. There's a lot of really crazy imagery, and I would just say that, like, for someone that is not, doesn't read a lot of, like, monster comics or, like, alien comics and stuff like that, like, these are just some mm, excellent illustrations. So, like, I tip my hat to both of them. I've never been, like, a crazy Venom fan, but I was, like, really into this, and I was like, I, I kind of want to, like, finish this out. Like, I was clicking ahead to see, like, okay, where does this arc end? Because I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> That's so cool. This is... Uh... Well, where, 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 where do I start? Thor's in it? First of all, you got me. It's the Venom <laughs> comic and Thor's in it. And Miles, who also is arguably my favorite Spider-Man character. Ugh. And the planet is a cage and this dude has a sword called the God Slayer. And then he actually, and he slays, he follows through. Oh my God. Oh, I'm just, ooh, I'm so into it. I'm so into it. I don't even care if Venom was there. I mean, he was there in this comic, <laughs> but is he there in my story? Who cares? My story's so... Oh, anyway. I Okay, so I have to ask because this is the format of the podcast. Kat, <laughs> having done your extensive and incredible research, would you say was Venom there throughout the course of history? I will, I will say that the symbiotes were there. Okay. From the beginning. In the beginning, there was a fuck ton of symbiotes. <laughs> And the word was with symbiotes. <laughs> and the word was symbiotes. <laughs> they were with Knoll in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once again, original comic idea. This Nobody wants to pick this one up, but it's okay. Um, this will be the Pride comic. We'll put this one out next Pride. Because we'll probably all still be in quarantine. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for doing all that research and for telling me that amazing story but let's go ahead and jump over into the second half of the podcast is sleepy venom ready for us oh so ready okay let's go <laughs> all right so i know i know that it's tough but you gotta stay awake just kidding, I know you're super hyped. Can you tell us about this half of the podcast? <laughs> uh, yes. So this part of the podcast is called Two Truths and a Fic. And in this part of the podcast, I, because I am such such a good friend, just really the best, I have gone through so much <laughs> Venom fanfiction. Gone into the fanfiction minds for I, me. I really have. Like, <laughs> less minds, more tar pits. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, I cannot imagine it was pretty in there. Oh, man. I just, we'll, we'll have words later. But I have come prepared with two canon Venom storylines and one that I found in a fanfiction. And I'm going to read them to Zeke, and Zeke has to try and guess which one of them is the fanfic. Yeah, so I'm not good at this game, but I'm going to really try, because I feel like what's in my favor is the horny this time. I feel like I should be able to pick out what the fanfiction is, because it would probably be where my 
dumb, horny hindbrain is. But knowing <laughs> you, you'll have found the one that's like, and then Eddie Brock and Peter go to a coffee shop and they both have bagels and it's do very you know, nice. Do you know how many pages I had to go through to find one that wasn't like straight off the bat, like, Eddie goes into heat and Venom helps, winky face. <laughs> 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 I, I do okay secretly that was i was really looking forward to that happening with this episode you were like, you were like do you want to do a venom episode i was like, <laughs> like you're gonna have to go on ao3 <laughs> like i was asking for help from one of my marble servers and i was like hey does anybody have a favorite venom fan fiction that isn't just like horny from the get-go like it's fine if they bone in chapter five like that's fine like if they go to mars and, you know, then they have Martian sex. That's fine. But, like, it can't just be page one just doing it. Right. And, like, I asked this question and I just got, like, the the Discord equivalent of, like, blank stares. And people were just like, I don't understand. What, Why would you what, want that? What? <laughs> what? Like, like. <laughs> so I have dug deep to find some storylines that I think are viable for this that aren't just, like. And Zeke wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the sticker that's on the line this week? We have a great sticker. We have a chibi venom and he's he's so big and he's ready. He's like, like he's flexing. Oh, it's good. It's I love good. him. I want to put him in my pocket. <laughs> All right. Hit me with that first story. All right. Here's number one. Eddie and Venom run into a kindly old lady on their daily bus route. Of course, she's convinced Eddie is constantly talking to his roommate over a Bluetooth, a roommate nursing quite the crush. Coincidentally, as Amelia is getting to know Eddie and V on her commute, the city is getting to know Venom as a hero. Okay. All right. I like that one. Okay, hit me with the next one. I can never decide based on just the first one. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. When it comes to things that go bump in the night... Venom is used to being the baddest beast around, but when a feral dinosaur creature attacks <gasps> civilians underground, <laughs> Venom is sent to investigate. Sorry, it's not over. <laughs> I just can't read my handwriting. It's so small. When they discover an entire herd of the creatures, it becomes clear the pair may not be the apex predator they assumed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining Venom discovering this and being like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do the Venom voice. I'm laughing too hard at my own joke. <laughs> I'm just imagining him being like, they do move in herds. <laughs> oh, the dinosaurs. Okay, I really like this one, and I think it's canon. So <laughs> hit me with number three, please. Venom is minding his own beeswax. Launching on bad guys when he is unceremoniously yanked from his dimension by Doctor Strange. Not just any Stephen Strange, but one who has bonded with the symbiote of his own. And he's not alone. Venom must now join a cadre of bonded pairs as they fight to protect their symbiotes from a threat that would chase them across the multiverse. The inclusion of Doctor Strange leads me to believe that this one is probably the fanfic. Just because I feel like in my cursory knowledge of Venom and perusing the Venom files, I have not been that familiar with 
with other characters other than like Spider-Man characters being present. I love the first one. I love it a lot. And it feels like it would be canon. It really does. And the second one is just so buck wild. I know it's canon. Just every <laughs> time every time you read me something, it's like, and then there were old ladies from outer space and they had a food truck, but the food <laughs> on the truck was laser guns. I, it's like, and then you're like, well, actually that happened in uh, 1982. Like, so yeah, that was, I'm going to go ahead and vote for that one being canon. But I'm really on, I'm really kind of on a toss up and I don't seem to be able to win either way because when I second guess myself, I lose. But then sometimes I go with my gut and I still lose. But I honestly, I really f- just feel that the first one is canon. I can I can almost like see panels for how it would look and seems like maybe it would make for like a fun visual story to tell. But it does mention someone having a crush on someone else, although that would that may be played for gags. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with my gut. Historically, it has not served me in the past, but I feel like if I second-guess myself, I'll really just biff it. So I'm gonna say, canon, canon, fanfic, final answer. So close, and no! yet... So far. No! <laughs> Did I get any of them right? Well, yeah, you, you, would, you would have to get at least one right. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Math. Yeah, so the, the first one is the fanfic. I had to dig so deep to find this okay but i will say this even though it does mention like venom having a crush and i know that when you originally gave me your pitch and when you pitched it today and you were like oh there's implied hearts there's there's no implied about the hearts between eddie and venom they canonically canonically they flat out talk about loving each other and they the language that is used if it was a man and a woman, no one would think twice about them being in a relationship. Like, oh, okay. They would be undoubtable. Like Constantine and King Shark. Exactly. <laughs> the OTP. Yeah, even even to the extent that, like, they have at least one progeny that is another symbiote named Sleeper. Mm-hmm. That, like, if you look up Sleeper's webpage, it's like, oh, parents, Eddie Brock, and Venom symbiote, and, like... the sleepers like wiki entry starts with like after a very difficult pregnancy and Ah! i'm just like ah (laughs) Um, so the idea that like a random passerby would just like hear eddie you know on his quote-unquote bluetooth and think that like he was talking to his partner his significant other Mm -hmm. would be totally reasonable within canon yeah Um, that's why i didn't really that's why it was my guess so uh, that's that's some fun Venom lore. But yeah, so this story is called The Boy with the Bluetooth, and it's by Dragons Rule 18. Well, they <laughs> well, they fucking do. <laughs> that's not a just, lie. They were I in love the that username, though. Like, that is just like the quintessential, like, this is my username forever. <laughs> like, yeah. So good. There, listen, first of all, I'm going to get off on a tangent here. I think everyone should live their truth through their AO3 username uh, <laughs> or their Twitter display name or their Discord handle. I just feel like those are three places where you can unashamedly express whatever you want, except for you can't change your AO3 name. So maybe be a little more careful with that one. <laughs> there is a um, a friend of mine in my server, my Game of Thrones server, and his AO3 handle is kylo ren fan one two three and i'm like hell yeah man (laughs) like like you are a kylo ren fan me too and i was trying to be all cool with with my handle 
which I will not say on this podcast, but I'm sure it wouldn't be difficult to find. But yeah, just dragons, dragons rule 18. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. They I mean, do. it's not like dragons are going to stop ruling anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Dragons are going to rule 2020, 2025. It's great. But also wild that that would be the, the author's name. And we also just discussed that symbiote dragon. So you're so right. Dragons rule 18. You really, you don't know it, but it all came together. <laughs> uh, but let's talk, let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, this was a really sweet fan fiction. It's just like a one shot where they have like the same daily commute. So like she's overhearing him talk to, on his quote unquote Bluetooth, which I guess like the Venom symbiote again is like popping out and like pretending to be a headset. So like she actually sees like a little black thing sticking out of his ear. And so she's like, oh, that's just his headset or whatever. Right. Um, he could have an just... extra head and an old person would think it was. A <laughs> it's, New, it's New York, right? Or no, I guess it might be San Francisco either way. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's just really cute. And like, you know, there's a lot of like, one-sided banter between Eddie and V where he's like, you're not going to eat me. You like me too much, you know? And like (laughs) stuff like that. Like, of course I'm going to pick up tater tots on the way home. I said I would, wouldn't I, you know? And just like this kind of old married couple back and forth. That's really cute. Uh Um, So yeah, it's just a really cute story. It's, it's a quick little one to read, but it's, it's fun. So I wanted to throw that one out there. Thank you so much. And, uh, and also you've brought me the joy of dragons rule 18. (laughs) having written this incredible fic i'm very excited to go read it but let's talk about actually can we save the best for last can we talk about the doctor strange one first sure 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 so the last one is venomverse it's a five issue limited series and then there were a couple little tie-ins and this was clearly like they were like hey spider-verse did really well can we do a venom version of that I've only read a little bit of it. I'm definitely going to finish it up. But basically, yeah, the idea is that like Eddie Brock is like, I'm doing my Venom thing. I'm trying to be a good guy, like trying to be a more or less a hero and then gets yanked into these multidimensional shenanigans. And it's really wild because like at first I almost didn't recognize Stephen Strange because he's like a Venom version of Doctor Strange. And so I was like, who is this guy with the who's this magic guy with the beard, but like all black and white. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I see what's going on. And then like, as you go through the pages, you see all these other characters who have bonded with the venom symbiote. So like in spider verse, many of the Spider-Men are some kind of Peter Parker analog. You know, it's like, Oh, it's Peter Parker. But like, if he stayed married to Mary Jane and they had a kid or like, Oh, it's Peter Parker. But if he'd made this decision differently or, Things like that. Or like, you know, people that are like at least related to Peter Parker somehow. For most of them, they're definitely like the outliers. Uh But in this case, it's more like, hey, what if Wolverine and the symbiote bonded? Hey, what if Doctor Strange and the symbiote bonded? Hey, what if... So when he shows up, it's just this like crazy variation of all these different symbiotes, which I think is a really good idea because like they're all black and white character designs. So it's cool that they have like different shapes. (laughs) That they Uh can be in, like, different profiles. So you're like, oh, shit, like, that's X-23, but a symbiote. And one of the first people that he, like, butts head against with is a Peter Parker who kept the symbiote. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, they, like, butt heads immediately. And at first, Eddie is like, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't want to have anything to do with this. I just, like, I'm minding my own business. Why is this my problem? They're like, well, it's all of our problem. And basically, they explain that there are these little white, creepy guys who 
they're like, I guess they're like parasites, like they're like real parasites that are able to get into the heads of the hosts and then like make themselves look like people that the hosts care about in order to like lure them. And then when they do that, they kill the host and then like permanently bonded the symbiote, but like create a different life form. And so they're like killing the symbiotes and hosts and they're going to do this all over the place. And so they're like, we have to like figure out how to do this. And they're like, you can't touch the little ones, but once they bond to somebody and make a big monster, then you can punch them all you want. And so it's really interesting because it's, a more physical punching and kicking problem, at least at this point, than like Spider-Verse was, which is good for Venom. But I guess it's really funny because like as opposed to like Spider-Verse where, you know, all the you have all these like really noble Spider-Man characters and like Peter Parker's like, how are we going to solve this problem? Like, like Eddie's just like, I don't want to be here. I hate all of you and <laughs> yeah. I hate everything. Yeah. And they're, and they're just like, oh, it's so it's so terrible because they turn themselves into someone that you care about. And he's like, I don't care about anybody. Yeah, and, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. And they're like, is that why I just saw like a random little kid in the street? <laughs> and they're like, uh, you didn't see like your your dead father? And they're like, he's like, no. Yeah, I don't care about shit. Uh, yeah, all of us out here really identifying with Eddie in the year twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that was a pretty interesting series. I'll probably finish reading that one up myself just because I'm really curious how it compares. Uh, so are you ready? Are you ready for the last one? I'm so no, honestly, I'm not. <laughs> but we're gonna do it. I can't. Uh, okay, tell me. This one has the best name. Uh, this arc is called The Land Before Crime. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. The- I, I quit. I'm walking away. I quit. I quit this podcast. The Land Before Crime. Okay, tell me about this comic. Okay, so in this one, um, yeah, Eddie's trying to like be a good good dude, more or less. And Eddie has a history with Alchemax, which I think you might remember from like Spider-Verse. They're just one of those like big companies that do whatever the comic narrative demands that they do. Yeah, yeah, just uh, science or whatever. Yeah, yeah, science things. Um, But they deal a lot with like him and the symbiotes and stuff like that. So he gets called in by Alchemax and they're like, all right, buddy, you want to do hero things and we kind of want to like we have a situation that we need your help with. And so like, if you help us, you know, that'll be just great for everyone involved. They're like, we have some very important equipment that has gone missing and we need you to retrieve it. And he's like, okay, that sounds easy enough. And he's like, yeah, okay. But the guy that, that took it is Stegron, you know, that guy that's like, like half man, half dinosaur. And, Mm -hmm. and, and they're like, you let a dinosaur man steal your equipment. And they're like, well, he used to work here. And then he turned himself into a dinosaur and then he stole all the equipment. And he's he's like, so he changed his name to Stegron and then turned himself into a dinosaur and stole all your equipment. Well, no, his his name is Dr. Stegron. Like, that's always been his name. He's just like, y'all are the worst. (laughs) Yeah, we too. So so basically, like, he's he's stolen, like, all of his research and materials and all this kind of stuff. But he's using it to turn people into dinosaurs. And he's basically created this, like, dinosaur-human society in the sewers beneath the city. And so, like, at first, uh, I think 
he like he hears reports of like oh these people like these kids were shooting a movie in the sewers and they got attacked and the description like pings him like maybe it was another symbiote because like oh he was huge and he had giant teeth and he's like oh like was that carnage or was that another symbiote like what's what's the deal and then he goes looking and it's like oh no it's a fucking dinosaur man oh it's is a whole underground colony of dinosaurs and they just like grab him and just like start like it's like he's crowd surfing like they just start calling him up to stegron and they're like we we bring you this offering of this idiot (laughs) 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 so yeah underground dinosaur society eddie brock in trouble in the land before crime (laughs) i god damn oh holy shit yeah i mean that's it. You've set the bar too high. <laughs> this should have been the very last episode of the podcast ever, because now everything we're going to come come through with this has. Let me let me tell you how I feel about this. This has taken the place of the Spider-Man fuck comic. <laughs> this is now the wildest shit that I have heard yet on was Spider-Man there. <laughs> this has made WSMT history. I can't. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, it would be fate because I've just finished watching all the Jurassic Park movies <laughs> that are on Netflix. You're primed. Yeah, honestly. Well, I'm always I'm just into dinosaurs. Not like not like that, but like I just really love dinosaurs anyway. So I'm really hype about the land before crime. It sounds like they'd be doing a lot of crime though. A like, bit, yeah. Yeah. I haven't finished this arc, so I don't know if it's like supposed to be a dinosaur utopian society beneath the sewers or something i'm not really sure what stegron's like game is here but yeah i got that far and i was just like mm. <laughs> you got as far as the title and then <laughs> and then you were like mm. <laughs> oh shit Thank you so much for diving into the the venom minds, the the vetty minds, uh, for me, and for finding the single, I don't want to say platonic, for finding the single T-rated fan fiction <laughs> that exists in this world for those two. I really appreciate it, and I love all the stories that you've told me this week. Honestly, more than I could ever communicate. But we do have one last little treat. <laughs> Do you, by any chance, have a piece of Venom trivia for me? So I had to do a little bit of digging because this wasn't something that I could just come up with off the cuff, but I did find one that I thought was personally amusing, so I will share with you. Regarding the Venom movie, which I I realize you barely remember, but for those of us that have slightly better memories of it, (laughs) something that I think is, is really important in any Venom media whether it's a comic or a movie or TV show cartoon appearance or whatever, I think the really important thing for Venom and any symbiote is getting that chemistry right. Yeah. And making sure that the play between the two characters is like right on that line of like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of antagonism, but like they can't be enemies. Right. You know, they still have to work together. They still have to pull together, even if they're pulling in different directions sometimes. So you might be wondering if Tom Hardy had any particular influences or what what he looked to when he was trying to craft his performance honestly yeah i do uh, i've only ever had this question about two performances from anyone ever tom hardy in venom and michael keaton in beetlejuice (laughs) (laughs) those are the two roles i've ever looked at and gone how'd you do it where'd you dig it up from 
it it doesn't exist previously and you've just brought it up here. <laughs> but tell me, go on, tell me more. Uh so apparently uh Tom Hardy said that when he was playing the role, he was trying to convey the idea like he viewed Eddie Brock as being like a regular Joe Schmo who had been landed with an egomaniac. Okay. And so like that was the conflict and that was the dynamic he was trying to co- to convey. And apparently the particular pair that he turned to for inspiration was Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though? Yeah. Which, like, like on my first... It's been a long time since I've watched any Ren and Stimpy whatsoever. And so, like, my first blinking thought was like, wait, but Stimpy is the larger one. And I was like, but Stimpy is so chill. And then I realized that, oh, okay, okay, sorry. Eddie is Stimpy in this situation. Yeah. And Venom is just an eight-foot-tall chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, honestly, that would be the most terrifying thing in the world. It's absolutely true. That symbiote dragon could come and go, and uh, I would be fine, but I'll face God, walk backwards into hell before I'll take down an eight-foot-tall chihuahua. (laughs) Would you rather face a chihuahua-sized venom or a venom-sized chihuahua? (laughs) A hundred chihuahua-sized venoms or one venom-sized chihuahua. (laughs) I would take the 100 chihuahua-sized venoms because they can morph together and make one big venom. You know, and the, the, the rest big, was history. And the rest is, yeah. <laughs> and then um and then my name is Zeke and that's Kat and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> oh man. Well, eight foot chihuahuas and all. I've had a lot of fun this week. So my name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we'll see you next week. What's up, Venom Pals? It's Zeke. If you enjoyed the stories that we talked about in today's episode, and why the hell wouldn't you, you should go check out the comics that they're from. And they are Venom 2018, numbers 1 through 6, Venom 2016, numbers 151 through 153, Venomverse, numbers 1 through 5, and our featured fanfic this week was The Boy with the Bluetooth by Dragon's Rule 18. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see ya.